October 18, 1953, an historic date. Almost 70 years ago, the Jackie Robinson of the NFL broke the color barrier, taking snaps as the first black NFL quarterback. The league has come a long ways since then. His name was Willie Thrower, a fitting name for a quarterback for the Chicago Bears. They called him Mitts because of his enormous hands. He could throw the ball 70 yards, thrower indeed. And on this day, nearly 70 years ago, he became the Jackie Robinson of football, the first black quarterback to play in the league. He didn't break any records. He didn't even throw a single touchdown. But what he did was more important. He broke a barrier and he invited the world to break it with him. Christ broke a barrier too. Sin had cut us off from the Lord, but Jesus broke in and delivered us by his mitts. No, not oversized hands, but nail-scarred for us. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're in a series called No One Wins Alone. If you were to just pay attention to the history of the world, you'd see a lot of winners. Most history is written by the winners or about the winners. We know this. Survival of the fittest is the ruling idea of the day. If you are stronger, smarter, work harder than everyone else, you deserve to win. That's what our culture tells us. That's what the history of the world tells us. But the Lord has his ways. When Jesus met with his disciples, he would constantly tell them the opposite. The greatest among you is going to be the least. The servant of everyone is the greatest. The last will be first. The Gentiles love to lord their authority over others and make sure everyone knows that they are on top. Jesus says not so with you. You are going to be marked by humble service and devotion to the Lord, not arrogance, not survival of the fittest, not winning, and the history of the Church of Jesus Christ has borne this out. Christians were hated, persecuted, even killed in the early days. They didn't come from the highest places in society. They didn't come from the rich and wealthy places for the most part. Mainly they were poor, many of them uneducated. They were losers by history standards. But this is who the Lord chose, underdogs, people that society counted out and dismissed. The Lord has always loved to choose the underdog. In a moment, we're going to think more about Christ and his coming to outsiders. He came to the outsiders first. The backwoods areas, like the Galilee and Nazareth, where he was raised, even to what might be called the sticks of this world. And we're doing this in light of an underdog story that we heard about yesterday, the story of Kurt Warner. Now, he is known today as a Hall of Famer and a Super Bowl champ. But there was a time when football was his idol, and he had to choose between football and faith. As long as I have a ball in my hands, I feel alive. Kind of like how I feel right now. I'm staying here. I got work to do. Work? The NFL's not going to draft some dude from the 1AA school in Iowa. There were other offers. I called every team in the NFL. No one's interested. Can I get one of your applications? I promised that I would take care of you and the kids. So that is exactly what I'm going to do. 
this is your dream? Don't give up on it. Football. Yeah, I didn't pick me. I pick you. I pick you too. You got the whole package, kid. I'm sorry, who are you? I'm with the Rams. All those years gave you something others didn't have. Made you ready for this moment. Kurt Warner out of the Arena League. It's one of those stories that's too good for the movie. The perfect guy here. He was bagging groceries five years ago. This is my time. I know who I am and I know why I'm here. I gotta give the praise and glory to my Lord and Savior up above. And we're world champions. How about the Rams? Some scenes from the American Underdog movie about the life of Christian football player Kurt Warner. After the program, I want to send you a copy of this DVD for your gift to this listener-supported ministry. Kurt's story is one of faith, family, and then, yes, football. He was a true underdog who learned to put Jesus first. And then the Lord surprised him with an unbelievable platform to praise his Savior. Whether you like football or not, no matter your age, this compelling and heartwarming story will remind you how our purpose in life is to glorify God in all we do. Our number to call after the program is 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN, or go online, watch the trailer and a clip for the movie, and then make your gift when you visit haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And if you do get the DVD, why not invite your neighbors, invite some other friends over, make a party out of it. And yes, we still have the Red Sea rules for your gift as well. And now we open this Haven Today with Matthew West. The story of me was a story of shame, wrong turns written on every page. So many parts that were so messed up, but I love the part where you showed up. Rewriting my past, rewriting my hurt, line by line, word by word. And now my story is living proof. There's not a chapter that you can't use. My story, your glory, my pain, your purpose, my mess, your message. Now the story of me is a story of grace Fingerprints of mercy on every page No more ashamed of the path I took You set me free to be an open book If even my scars are part of your plan Take all of my heart, Lord, here I am My only cause till you call me home Is knowing you more and making you know My story, your glory Let 
Alone. You're on Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris. That's what we're calling our series this week. And we opened with My Story, Your Glory, Matthew West. And that certainly ties into the story of Kurt Warner, a Christian who was an underdog, as so many of us are. Well, we're thinking about underdogs. And earlier, I mentioned how the Lord works with the weak, the poor, the outsider. Now, think about Abel. In Genesis, he was the younger brother to Cain. But the Lord accepted Abel's sacrifice, not Cain's. Abraham was a moon worshiper in a far-off land, modern-day Iraq. He had no business coming to know the Lord. But the Lord chose him and made him the father of the people of Israel. Isaac wasn't the firstborn, Ishmael was, and that meant Ishmael was actually in line to inherit Abraham's promise, but the Lord chose Isaac. Jacob was younger than Esau, the Lord chose Jacob. And then, of course, there was David. He was the youngest, the smallest brother, but the Lord chose him to rule over all of Israel. Over and over again, the Lord chooses the underdog to accomplish his great plan of salvation. And when Jesus finally came to earth to save us, he came as a poor infant. His family had no means. His mother and father were not high-ranking officials or religious leaders. They were poor. Yet this is how the Lord chose to come into this world to save his people. Now that's a good reminder, wouldn't you say? I feel small so often, and maybe you do and have as well. There are other people who have more money than me, a lot of money, and a lot of people, more power than I have, more influence. How can I do anything worthwhile for the kingdom? But the story of Scripture tells us over and over that the Lord uses the small, the weak, the lowly, the underdogs. We can take heart if we feel small. The Lord loves to use the small, the underdog. I remember Christ's words, Do not fear, little flock, because it pleases the Lord to give you the kingdom. The Lord loves to call the forgotten and the counted out. He opposes the proud and he gives grace to the humble. And that is one reason I love to hear the story of Kurt Warner. He was forgotten. He was overlooked for a very long time. He didn't even know if he'd ever make it, but the Lord used him. I want you to hear again Kurt's testimony and how Jesus Christ changed his life. First of all, I just want to say, isn't God awesome? I've been in this place many a times with the seats packed and people cheering, and, uh, but I've never been so awestruck as I am right now. 
And the reason is because I know you guys aren't here because I can throw touchdown passes or because I can win football games. You guys are here to talk, hear me talk about my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, when I was growing up, uh, you know, I was raised in the church, um, you know, had a religious background, but uh, all through my life, you know, for, for a long period of time anyways, I always had my life on one side and my Lord was on the other. And they were always two separate things. You know, I was over here and I was living my life and doing the things that uh, I shot, thought I should be doing, you know, trying to live a good life by, uh, by human standards. And then whenever I screwed that up, or whenever my mom made me go to church, I got over to this side and, uh, you know, prayed and, and, and did those things. But they were always separate things. And about four years ago, thanks to the help of my wife and some really close friends of mine, I was, uh, I was born again. I was brought to... Uh, I was about to come and, and uh, you know, give my life to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it was amazing. Right at that moment, those two entities went just like this. And I realized that they're not two separate things. That the reason I have this life and the reason that I am here is to praise and worship the man above. And from that point in time, my life changed. And it didn't always go exactly the way that I had hoped it would go. It wasn't quite the script that I had written. But after being up here tonight and seeing what's happened over the last five weeks, I realized that there was a reason that the Lord brought me along the way he did. He knew that uh, four years ago, five years ago, six years ago, I wouldn't have been ready for this. You know, I wasn't focused on what was really important in life. I would have been happy to throw touchdown passes and make a lot of money and do those types of things, but I would have been happy to do that for me. Now when I go out and step on this field and can throw some touchdown passes and can win football games, all I think about is how I can build that platform and use what I do on this football field to glorify and praise my Lord and Savior. And so when people ask me who I am, all I can say is, is I'm a, a devout Christian man because that's who I am. I'm not a football player. That's just what I do. What I am is a man that lives his life for Jesus Christ. And all I try to do is... And all I want to do is share his love and take advantage of every single opportunity that I have to share his ministry and his word with everybody that I come involved with. That was Kurt Warner sharing his story at a Billy Graham crusade. And now he had to put his ambitions and idols and lay them down before the Lord blessed him with the NFL. He was bagging groceries before he became a Super Bowl winning quarterback. But what I love about his story 
is that it is not a story about victory and telling us if we just do the right things, the Lord will give us all our hopes and dreams. Kurt Warner laid down his idols, and the Lord blessed him with the opportunity to do what he loved. But here's the important point. Kurt didn't expect it. He didn't lay down his idols and prideful ambition because he thought if he did it, that the Lord would bless him and he'd get the Super Bowl ring. No, he really laid down his idols and he chose instead to worship and focus on the Lord. And that's what this story is about. Laying our life down, looking to the Lord, trusting in his grace and the strength that he provides through Christ and the power of the Spirit at work in us, forgetting what lies behind, as the Apostle Paul says so powerfully in Philippians, and striving forward to the prize. The prize is not a thing or an object. The prize is not success or wealth or health. The prize is Jesus. And that's what we're called to focus on. And that's what Kurt's story tells us. It brings me back to the beginning. History is told about and by the winners. But pay attention to who the winners have beaten. Who is on the underside? That's who the Lord loves to save. When Christ stood before the crowds only hours before he was betrayed, arrested and crucified, he told the crowds something. We call it a parable of the end, but it was really a vision. It comes from Matthew 25. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. And then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you didn't clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you didn't look after me. There's the picture. Matthew 25. Sheep on one side, goats on the other, all standing before the great king, Jesus, the Son of Man, on his throne. The sheep are welcomed, the goats are dismissed. And why? The goats thought they were winners, and they looked down on the losers. The sheep spent their time with the sick, the imprisoned, the weak. Jesus said his people would spend their time serving, not being served. And he didn't just say this and walk away. He lived this himself. Sometimes we forget what kind of person Jesus is. He wasn't a political leader. 
As Isaiah 53 tells us, he wasn't attractive. There wasn't anything in him that would make someone think he was the king of the universe. John tells us he came to his own and his own people rejected him. But this is what our Savior looks like. He may look weak. He may look like the kind of person the winners write about conquering. He was nailed to the cross. His enemies thought they had defeated him, had gotten the better of him. But in his defeat, he was conquering death once and for all. He even died. But in his resurrection, he secured victory for everyone who would humble themselves and call on the name of the Lord. If you think you are strong by yourself, you better think again. It is not the proud or the mighty who will be saved. Only those who make themselves small before the Lord and cast themselves upon him will find salvation. Trust in Christ. He loved you to the point of death, even death on a cross. He became the lowest of underdogs, not just to show us a better way to live, but to show us the love of the Lord and to save us, not only for now, but for eternity. To God be the glory, great things He has done. So loved He the world that He gave us His Son, who yielded His life and atonement for sin. And open the life gate that all may go in. I give my life to tell your story. Let every breath bring you glory, God. It's all for you. To know you. be the glory all for you on this haven a day caleb and kelsey their glorious day album don't you just love a true story a 
good, true story, especially the ones about Christians who live their lives for the Lord and the highs and the lows of life. And when you watch the new film called American Underdog, you'll see how real the true story of Kurt Warner is. This family film shows him going from stocking shelves at a grocery store to becoming a two-time NFL MVP and Super Bowl champ. But there's so much more. And that's why you don't have to be a football fan to enjoy this movie. The film centers on Warner's drive to become a great player, but how his dreams were dashed until he put the idol of football behind him. He decided to follow Jesus and provide for his family. American Underdog is an inspiring journey of faith, family, and determination. It'll remind you that life is really all about bringing glory to God and nothing to ourselves. I want to send you the American Underdog DVD for your gift of support to Haven Today. You just need to call us right now and mention American Underdog. Call 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. Why don't you get a copy and invite some friends over? Maybe a youth group or maybe some people your age and just invite them over, pop some corn and and serve some hot chocolate or something. This is a great movie to watch in the fall and do it with somebody else. Or you can go online there. You can check it out, watch the trailer and a clip for the movie and make your gift when you visit haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And don't forget, we still have the Red Sea rules for your gift as well. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again, we'll share together this great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Who says... Remember when you were a kid and those words were an important part of your vocabulary? After all, you didn't want to listen to someone unless you knew that they had authority behind what they said. But when it comes to the Lord, the ultimate authority, we can know who has spoken to us. The Apostle John tells us these words in the first chapter of his gospel. The word became flesh and made its dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. God the Son himself became flesh and lived among us. The word is spoken to us with authority. Are you listening to him? Get started with Anchor Devotional today. Visit getanchor.com.